Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Scrapyard. I am your host, Nathan Real Boulder, joined here by Taylor. Hi. And Xavier. I'm looking at this photo of uh, Black Vision, and it's kind of been my favorite thing all week. Today, we aren't talking about Vishon. We're talking about the Overwatch League. Specifically, we're continuing our team previews for this season with Washington Justice, uh, the Guangzhou Charge, and the Seoul Dynasty. I almost said Boston Uprising, but that was last week. <laughs> um, before we roll our intro, I want to remind you guys to check us out on Twitter and Instagram, at Scrapyard Media. Come play games with us on Xbox or PlayStation, at Scrapyard Media. Roll intro. So before we get into the team season preview, some serious news came out just today, uh, a little bit before we recorded this, may have broke last night. Um, there are some really serious allegations against uh, the player known as Sinatra, uh, Jay Wan, I want to say is his real name. That is correct. Um, and I feel like since we've stand him a lot on this podcast, and we have, you know, kind of, we're, we're SF Shock fans because of where we're from. Feels like it's kind of our responsibility to talk about this. Obviously, as of right now, they're just allegations. There's no, like, legal things or whatever. Like, it's not confirmed yet, but I'm a firm believer in listening to victims and believing them. So I think it's important to understand that, especially in the area of esports, sometimes people are really shitty um and it's utterly fucking disgusting so yeah fuck you sinatra that's all like i mean if you if you want to learn more about it it's all on twitter um you can read it we're not going to repeat it here because i don't think it's really our business to repeat it uh yeah so unfortunately that broke just before we start yeah he got um what he's suspended from sentinels right now he's probably gonna get cut from the team he's suspended from valorant play right now and yeah it's luckily uh it it seems like at least the vast majority of the people in valorant and overwatch that like matter are uh very much like condemning this and really going hard at him and i think it's you know it's encouraging to look at a lot of the response and realize that you know uh i feel like a lot of people look at gamers and say you know rightfully that they're exclusionary towards women and you know attack victims but it, it is encouraging that at least a lot of the people that are sort of the uh influencers and i guess you know like people that uh people look to and i think some of like the new guard who are trying to change the scene they're all kind of in line in you know reacting to this in a good way and you know giving support to cleo who uh it takes a lot to you know write a doc like that and you know accuse somebody especially somebody with such a big name like yeah uh you know so many people like talk about uh you know how hard it is to to, to come out with that type of story and 
I like mad respect that. And like, you know, I even mad respect like even some of the players that have kind of taken time to, you know, show their support. Like McGravy. Yes. Um, like a shiny example of the community. Also, like, you know, don't like harass Super. Don't, you know, like don't harass people that know him because that's kind of weird. And I saw that a lot where people would be diving into like Super's Twitch chat or even Baby Bay's Twitch chat and like trying to demand answers. But, you know, um, I think be kind to the people that knew that, you know, that know Sinatra. And I think something that needs to be brought up just as a like a thing, there's plenty of times where an abuser doesn't show it to like close friends. So Super Baby Bay, a lot of the teammates probably didn't even realize that was happening. Like, to be completely honest, I, I just know that with plenty and for any listeners that have ever listened to like true crime podcasts, there's always the people who are, was like, well, Ted Bundy was very nice. He was a very nice young man. Yeah. You know, you don't, it's unfortunate that sometimes the piece, people closest to you are the worst people in the world and you just never get the chance to see it um, before it's too late. So, yeah, that's kind of... We, we just wanted to make sure we got it out there and talked about it because it was kind of breaking news. And we think it's really important that when stuff like this happens, people are held accountable. Um, to quote a tweet I saw... To quote a tweet I saw, I saw someone who said, as a fan of Sinatra, I say, fuck you, Sinatra, you lost my respect. Now that we're done with that, let's hop into our team preview for the new season, starting with the Washington Justice, who last year went 4-17 and 17 because they're the Washington Justice. <laughs> yeah. But the 4-17 and 17 record is not indicative of how they finished their season. That is fair. Because they finished their season as this unstoppable supernova of a team um with decay and you know janu and aim god like becoming all-time greats out of nowhere and absolutely fucking destroying the league and you know until they ran into the shock but like until well no until they ran it until they ran into philadelphia they destroyed everybody they destroyed dallas florida you know um la like it was it was a beating and um shout out to washington for finishing the season strong which is weird because they did the same thing in season two where they finished the season really strong after being garbage um the rest of the season so for two seasons in a row they're trash for three-fourths of the season then decide to like start winning they yeah. just need a really extended warm up. Yeah, they just they just need to <laughs> they just need to take the entire season to warm up. Um, on the team we have Decay, Tuba with two T's, Jerry, Assassin, Mag, Fury, Rhea, Closer, and uh, is it Bebe or is it BB? Yes. Okay. Uh, they're former players, so they dropped Corey, Stratus, Roar, Aim God, Janu, Arc, Stitch, Ellie Vote, and Lulsish. Lulsish. That's a whole. That's a whole squad right there. Lulish that's a. Too. No, it's Lulish. Is it Lulish? Yeah. Oh. I think that first S is silent. <laughs> and they also just. Doesn't know, have gamer names. Look, yeah. you know. <laughs> what can you do? The S is silent. They should have made it a money sign. We got to do with a silent T on this team. Tuba, like. Yeah, that's know. true. Yeah, but that silent Nothing T is important. Sense. It's capitalized. Yeah. So. <laughs> the fuck um. <laughs> 
does this team have the best DPS in Overwatch League? I would say probably. At least um, they do. They're pretty stacked. At least on the, I mean, let's let's be completely clear. Xavier has on our little sheet. He has it color coded, and Decay and Fury are as dark, if not like one shade lighter than Prophet, who we'll be talking about later. <laughs> so I mean, don't get me started on the boy Prophet, but like, even looking at um like this DPS line, it's it's really cool because last week when we talked about um kind of like the DPS of the Boston Uprising, uh, we pointed out that their DPS felt very limited, where each each player has, like, really good strengths, but those strengths are on, like, one or two heroes. And so you get in this weird situation where, you know, what happens if, you know, uh, IM37 can't play Ash or McCree? Like, how, how does that work out? Or if Tracer is completely unviable, where does soon fit in? And you end up in this weird position where you kind of need a good meta to break for you, or you need to just play to your strengths and hope it works out. But this DPS line doesn't really have that issue because last year, Tuba really showed that he is a solid flex DPS that can fit into any role that you need him to be. And obviously, Decay is Decay, where he can play at an elite level on any hero that you can really throw at him. And so even just those two gets you really far, but then the added little bonus of Jerry um, being on a winning team, an assassin who apparently has like a dope-ass Genji, you have a nice mix of people that you can throw in to give different looks. And I really like that. It seems like a lot of teams are going for these super deep DPS uh, lineups. Yeah, I, I actually think it's kind of funny that like every single team we've talked about so far has had like the old Genji guy because like, apparently Genji is now the in thing to play. Um, I mean, even if he isn't, like that's probably the most out there hero to play during a match because like a lot of people don't know how to handle it because at especially at the pro level, Genji is there's no cooldowns. <laughs> like you could just be continuously doing things. Um and he's a lot slippery, uh, slipperier than maybe a Tracer or a Sombra because it's a very good, I think, not to say one trick, but like specialist to have on the team. No matter what, like have a Genji specialist, at least then you'll have that kind of dynamic. And and this, I don't know, because they had an open scrim against the Soul Dynasty, and that's kind of why we're talking about Souls Ball today. But in that open scrim, what I thought was really cool was, like, Decay was obviously Decay. Like, the dude is fucking crazy. But I think Jerry really impressed me because there there is some level of a situation where it's like, oh, maybe Jerry just, you know, was incredible for Boston last year because they were so bad. And so it was just kind of like, let Jerry do what he wants. And, you know, the rest of the team just really supports him, you know, try and catch a couple wins. But... Looking at that open scrim, it really did feel like Jerry is the type of player that can co contribute to like winning, and he's perfectly fine playing next to somebody like Decay, who is, you know, much better than him and will, you know, attract a lot of the focus. So I, I think that's going to really let Jerry thrive. Um, and you know, assassins this big, like who knows? But uh, 
if everything works out, like, I, I don't see how any team can really, like, fuck with this DPS line outside of, like, the shock, maybe. Um, but even then, like, it's it's close. It's really close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, um... So you're, you're saying Washington's a top five team, then? Uh, or is fuck, it the, what we got? the fact that they have uh, support weakness going to be their downfall? I mean, like, their tanks are really good, DPS. Like, motherfuckers be, like, complaining about their supports, and I don't really see the issue with, like, the support line at all. Um, it might just be, be because, for one, I really like Closer as a support player. I've always liked him. You can go back. Anytime we talked about Dallas, That's I true. really rocked. Yeah, like, I've always really liked him, and I think he's a super good player. And Bebe, like, motherfuckers are shitting on Bebe, but... When you have tanks and DPS that are so stacked, I feel like you can have a league average flex support. And as long as they just do their job, it'll work out. And it and you saw at the open scrim, like he did his job. Yeah, Didn't I don't think die a lot. Yeah, you don't need him to be an all-star. I, I think I don't think that I think everyone thinks so highly, especially when it comes to like the top tier teams that we have had. Where they're like, well, he's no insert top tier support or a top tier like flex support. I just I think that it if you have a stacked rest of the team, as long as the supports are doing their job, like you said, there shouldn't be any like uh, degrading them. Like you shouldn't put them down because they're still doing their job and they're keeping their team alive and they're still winning most fights. So that you know, it's as long as they don't make stupid mistakes, you can't get mad at them. Like, I think these two support are probably the better because it's just maybe they don't have a, an extra to come in, but like, they're still good. And you said closer is like always a solid pick for you. Yeah, you are in kind of a weird position because I don't know, man. If last year you got by so heavily with Ark as your main support for pretty much like the whole season, um, I think you can get away with Closer being your main support. I, I, I think you can kind of make that work out. And we saw, at least with Bebe, when it comes to the the show matches, he played fine. And I think really the only issue that's going to come up is in these like really small like margins against the very, very best teams. Because there is an issue where... If the rest of your team is keeping up in terms of ult economy and, you know, just kind of trading kills and and controlling the point, and if Bebe is getting lapped by a dude like Violet um, when it comes to ult charge and, like, building transcendence fast, that can become basically a game-losing issue. Because if you don't have transcendence in time for, you know, their ults, you're going to lose the point, and you might get steamrolled the rest of the map. So... It can be an issue against the very best, but against the vast majority of teams, I don't think it's ever going to come into question because I think Bebe can hold his own against fucking most supports in the league. Um, it just comes to those really like uh, high-level like edge cases where it might become, I guess, you know, more of a problem. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so um, also they have Fury on this team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, was gonna, I was gonna say I was like they do have Fury on this team. So I mean, like he's the best off tank in the league. 
uh, like, I don't know, man. Because, like, I remember when they let go of Janu, I was like, damn, they let go of Janu. Like, he's he's super good. Like, I don't know how the fuck you're going to get anybody better than Janu. And then they got Fury, and it's like, okay, well, you got somebody better than Janu. <laughs> That's true. Do you think... So, like, you can kind of live with that. Where are you putting them, like, uh, their win-loss at? So they went 14-17 last season. How do you think they're doing this season? Are we comparing it to their games again? Are we doing the predictions? It's and always... can we talk about, real oh. quick, while uh, while he's looking for this, how they just dropped this Pachimari thing without any warning? I mean, yeah, it's the Pachimari event. Why would you warn people about it? I mean... No it, one cares. It was so... I was just like, oh. What are Pachimari's known for being sneaky? I don't know. So like a. <laughs> it just Aren't was they like... fucking turnips? Aren't they? I. I thought they were like onions. No, because they have the like roots under. I don't know. They're tentacles. Yeah, but like I think they're turnips. Because like when I. Aren't they like supposed to be Japanese, right? And like that's like onions aren't like a big cultural thing in Japan. I don't. I think turnips are like more of a thing character wise like you know the the fucking the guy from uh resembles an onion wow because <laughs> i'm thinking of the dude who was in um yeah in uh spirited, spirited away, away right because isn't he like a turnip type dude yeah he's like a daikon oh a daikon well that's different it is different but... i know nothing about japan the podcast <laughs> <laughs> so here's their games in this upcoming season uh so they got dallas all right all right i'll, I'll just say it. so they have the fuel titans uprising defiant then eternal uprising mayhem shock then rain mayhem spitfire gladiators then outlaws gladiators defiant titans um, it's like a pretty, pretty decent record. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's balanced. Yeah. It's a pretty balanced yeah. setup for them, because like they kind of get like shadow, they could get shat on, not shat on, shat on, not shat on. Like I could see them, and we'll talk about it later. I could see them getting the twelve, twelve that Soul got last year. Um, but also at the same time, I think it's probably they're gonna do better. They're definitely doing better yeah, than they did last year. Yeah. Like that's an hundred percent fact. Um. Yeah, this is a much better team, and I think they're in a much better place. I don't know uh, where I, like, I don't know what I do with their win-losses right now. Yeah. I'm going to cough out again. I um, think um, I think the problem with last year with the Washington Justice is that we were like, well, they still have everybody. And then literally two days before the, like, whole thing started, they were like, we have nobody. So, like, a lot of, like, all of our predictions were, we were like, Washington Justice is going to have it. They, uh, they didn't because literally everybody retired on that team. So... I think this year, at least, hopefully, none of these people retire and just disappear. Um, I'm feeling like a, I'm feeling like a 10, 10 type win season, because I, I'm pretty confident that they're better than a lot of the bad teams because they just have like the decay and fury button, and I think that that's such a big button to have, um, where you can just outskill certain opponents, and I think the issues are going to come when they face like these super organized teams that also have elite talent and that might, you know, pose an issue. But I mean, even looking at this record, like the only games that I guess you can 100% kind of pencil in that they could possibly lose is kind of like mayhem, shock and, and gladiators because the rest of these teams that they end up playing, 
I see major advantages um, that they have. I, I, I think they're much better than the fuel at this point. Mm-hmm. I think they have just it's razor thin, but I, I do think that they can edge the fuel out. Even the uprising, like the uprising still have major questions. And then the Atlanta Rain, the Atlanta Rain has these incredible DPS players, but yo, their tanks and supports aren't all that. Yeah, and I consistently I think, think of Atlanta Rain as like just a bad team. Um that's just like how I think of them. Every time you say rain, I'm like, well that's a win for like <laughs> almost everybody. Almost everybody. Yeah, and as long as you don't end up in like this weird position where like Decay retires mid-season to go play Valorant, and then Tuber retires to become a streamer, and then you pick up like a bunch of free agents like last year, uh, you're in a good position because this is a talented roster. And oh, man, like looking at the open scrim, I'm thinking about a lot of the things that Pre said, and uh, Pre is like their general manager or whatever, right? The way he talks about the philosophy behind building this team and growing this team, oh man, I really... He seems like a good guy, like a good... I really... Dog, I really believe in him. <laughs> like, full... Like, I just I just straight up just believe in him, man. Washington like Justice was the team that had Wizard <laughs> Young at one point. So the greatest coach in the history of the greatest coach in the a history genius. a genius absolute you know is misunderstood genius but like he was talking about how he didn't want this roster to become like decaying friends where it's just decay and then everybody else just goes wild right like just kind of follows him and you can tell that's how he built this because this isn't just decay and other dudes um like Dallas kind of felt last year right yeah this is decay with another top five player in the league in fury and then a bunch of really dope pieces surrounding him and i think one of the really cool things about this team is ria who was the homie for the hongjo spark and i always really liked him i thought he was was cool and he just didn't really play i think he had like a bad wrist injury and it kind of like fucked his season up but if he gets the chance to like pop off man like i believe in ria and i believe in depth and i think this team has a little bit of depth um but like can you can you sign like other fucking supports dude like this like only having two supports on your roster thing like really bothers me yeah um you're uh you're setting yourself up for failure i don't know i people go for depth in their dps line depth in their tank line and then like supports it's like well you have a flex and a main support like i don't know man I, i i think i think the teams that have at least one other player in that position are gonna be so much far ahead uh when hero pulls pop up Alright, so now we're going to move on to the Guangzhou Charge. Uh, last season they went 18-7. and seven. Um, uh, They have Eileen, McKaylee, <laughs> no, why would you do this to me? <laughs> Choi- my Kaylee. My Kaylee. Choi- yeah, she's not your Kaylee. She's my- well, you didn't rehearse this? No, Choi, Shewon, <laughs> Krong, Ryo, Jihoon, Kareem, and Mandu. Yeah, and uh, so they dropped Nero, Happy Shoe, and Kara. Chara. Damn, they dropped their Kara? best players. I don't know. Why did I think Chara. it was Kara? This, I've literally thought that it was Kara this entire time. This is Undertale's really just like invaded my life from when I was like, I don't know how old I was when that game dropped. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know, but it it really uh, 
it messed me up there. Here's the thing. Guangzhou Charge like lives rent-free in my brain, but at the same time, I t- totally forget that this team exists. And they did really good last year. Yeah, they did. Year. They went 18-7 and seven last year. Um, they won a tournament. Yeah. I believe they won the... Uh, the June Jamboree, I believe they beat the Shanghai Dragons. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It's just it's one of those moments where I'm like, oh yeah, this team is really good. I like this team. Wait a second. <laughs> Who are they? Who are they? But um, yeah. So in that respect, you could say they are a little bit underrated. Um, I think people kind of sleep on the charge a lot. They're not a name, and maybe it's not so much that people like sleep on them. It's just that they don't get brought up much, and they don't really have any like stars, like people that I feel. You know, um, Shanghai has Flutter, Soul Dynasty has uh, Prophet, uh, Chengdu Hunters has a Ming, the Hangzhou Spark have uh, a really pretty color scheme, and <laughs> and and the Guangzhou Charge, like, I guess, like, Happy's fairly popular. I, I'm pretty sure Chara is, like, kind of mad popular in that area, but this team doesn't have, like, a a true star and i think that makes them they got easy to overlook like come on Eileen. they have Kareem. i mean I, yeah now they have Kareem. <sighs> yeah now they have Kareem. Yeah, last well, year no, they yes, have Kareem. sure yeah to yeah be fair, yes um now I, we can talk about Kareem. i do think that this team kind of gets slept on though i, I mean yes them losing those like uh happy Ch- uh chara and nero like oh no like, those were their kind of, like, stars. Those were the people that I remember being talked about the most. But, like... I mean, they got Kareev, so... I mean, they still have far better... I just think they're a good team in general. I just think that they're one of those teams that are, like, really good, but forgettable. Because they don't have a person. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think that's their problem. Yeah, no, I definitely think they could, um... I think they could do good. Is Michael Krat? <laughs> no, Michael. This is team crack. is significant. But Mike Haley might be cracked. Go ahead, Xavier. Um, I was gonna say this team is like significantly worse than last year. Yeah, um, fair. I don't know, man. Shu is way better than Kareev. Uh, oh yeah. Happy and Nero are excellent players, and then Chara like. Motherfuckers clowned him season two, but season three he came through and was like one of the best main supports in the league. And you're in a position where I think like your tank line is solid. Krong and Rio are going to be fine. They were really good last year. Uh, Kareev, like you know what you're going to get from him. And Mondu is like a fine main support. But like this, I feel like this team succeeds if Mike Haley and Choi Hess and Choi uh other Choi yeah and other Choi do exceedingly well and I think they have to exceed expectations because Eileen has always been an excellent player and he's just really benefited from having Happy as a running mate as well where it's like it's really hard to beat those two as a duo Mm -hmm. and Mike Haley was good I was good in the first preseason tournament and then wasn't that good in the second preseason tournament. Choi was consistent through the preseason tournaments, but wasn't like, um, oh my god, this guy like is is Jesus Christ incarnate. So one of these players needs to step up greatly because Happy, and we'll talk about this with the Houston preview, but I think Happy is um an A level player. Maybe not A plus, but he's an A level player and 
you need to be able to replace that kind of production. And I'm, it's just like, it, it really depends on if Mike Haley and Choi could actually replace that kind of production. Because, I mean, if you can't, then your team is significantly worse than last year. And they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have a, a an 18 and 7 style record um, this year because APAC is so much better this year and they need to keep up. Yeah, no, definitely. I just think, uh, I still think they're going to be good. I think it comes from their coaching staff that they're pretty um, solid in general. But I can see that the, they fall behind this year because they're just not as, um, of, as much of a unit. That could be where their downfall is. Yeah, I, I think it is very possible that they won't um, perform as well this year. Again, like 18 and 7, pretty good record. Um, we haven't looked at their games yet, obviously. I'm assuming Xavier's pulling those up as we speak. But just without even seeing them, I'm kind of of the opinion that they're going to do worse than they did last year. But I could, I, I would, I'd be, if I'm surprised, it will be pleasantly so that they do well. Um, I'd like to see them do well. I would too. Also, just because their roster got worse on paper, um, I'm very open to the idea that that doesn't mean they're they're going to perform worse. Yeah, no, of course. Like because, their entire roster yeah. could have leveled up, like the the remaining mm-hmm. players and the like, you know, new players too. It's just we don't know. So again, it comes. They're down leaving to the, so much unknown. Yeah. compared to the other teams in the region. For sure. There's a lot that we aren't aware of yet that we won't know until they play. So, I mean, they may dominate. They may also be, like, way worse. Like, you know, I mean, with players at this caliber, it's not very common that you see this. But for all we know, they got worse, some of them. Like, (laughs) you never know. That's true. Um, But most of the time, players don't get worse in Overwatch League. They just retire. (laughs) They retire and go play other games. Yeah, you know, to get better at those (laughs) games. Um, so here's their here's their season. So, um, so they're playing the Shanghai Dragons, Seoul Dynasty. They're beating the Valiant. Then they're playing the Hangzhou Spark twice. Uh, New York Excelsior, Philadelphia Fusion, Seoul Dynasty. New York Excelsior again. Chengdu Hunters, Philly Fusion, Seoul Dynasty. Then they beat the Valiant again. Then they play the Spark Hunters and then Dragons to close out the season. So. Honestly, just like my even like my first impressions of looking at this is like every game is is tough yeah. in APAC. I feel um, Soul Dynasty really good. I, I believe that the New York Excelsior are going to exceed expectations. The Spark, like who the fuck knows? Um, but just the added, just the added um, throw in of of Philadelphia being a lot better this year. Um, and coming into APAC, I think that like that really makes it hard for some of these teams to stack up wins because there isn't, I mean, there's the Valiant, but there isn't, as far as we know, another London Spitfire that is just sort of feeding wins to all these APAC teams. And this region is more balanced. So there aren't that many situations where they're playing the same team um, twice in one week or twice over a two week period. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's, you know, that was an easy way a lot of teams farmed wins last year that they just don't have. Yeah, I do think that um, last year, because APAC was so small in comparison to, like, NA, um, this year, there being more teams there does balance it out, which means they do 
have more challenges. But even then, last year APAC was still a very hard set of competitors. Like APAC went crazy. <laughs> they were so like they seemed like to be at such a higher skill level than most NA teams that like even when it came down to us talking about like the grand finals, we were like, I don't know, man. Those those APAC teams are kind of crazy. Yeah. So we're we're gonna see. I think we'll know more once the season starts for them. I feel like that's kind of the case with a lot of these teams. I said this last uh, last episode that I'm going to be copying out a lot on these answers by being like, I don't know, we'll have to wait and see. But I think that's very fair um, in this situation. Like, it's just, it's hard to know. I think with one and oh, it's even, like, for me, it's hard to feel like, let me give them a solid number. Yeah. Like, just because I know that that's, this is going to be a much rougher set of, teams i feel so bad looking because <laughs> we're getting ready to go into the next uh team looking at how xavier has color-coded soul dynasty is kind of fucked up <laughs> look man but but i listen i will straight up say it's time to talk about uh, soul dynasty because i'm not wait wait because i'm not a punk long joe charge is winning a tournament this year oh no, uh, no, no, no. i don't that's know fair. which one that's fair no no i'm i'm hey man i ain't copping out of nothing they're going to Hawaii at least twice, and they're winning one of those tournaments uh, this season. Like, I, hey man, I know Punk, Longjo Charge. I'm putting my life on. This is my Hongjo Spark of last year. Ew. Like, Longjo, Longjo's going uh -oh. in, but this time I'm gonna be correct in my assessment. I'm gonna be correct. Yep. Okay. Already know. Let's see. Let's see what happens. I, I hope you are right, and I hope you don't. Uh, yeah. You know what? Let's just. Maybe that's the curse. Maybe you just like screw them over. Like whenever you say I'm like going this team to be right. Is... Okay, so Soul Dynasty. They went twelve and twelve last season, like we previously went stated. to the grand finals. Went, went to the, the grand, grand finals. finals. Um, um, so they dropped Bedosian. 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 Have you not picked up on the meme that I've like specifically read one wrong each time? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm like, <laughs> let me stare at it how long. Slime, Michelle, Illicit, and Toby. And then they have still on the team Prophet. The they God. Fitz, Samuel B, Gesture, Marvel, Toyu, Creative, and Onomo. Okay, so uh, as you guys know, Taylor pointed out that in this spreadsheet that we have, green means a player that I really value. And the darker the green, <laughs> the more I think this player is dope. Well, I'm biased when it comes to soul. They're, they're, I, I feel like at this point, they're my number. I just have to say, Prophet is the darkest green. Followed them by Fitz, Gesture, and Onimo. And then Marvel, Toyu, and Creative are all like this lighter green. And then he literally got Samuel B in this like pastel yellow. <laughs> so I think Prophet might be in the darkest green you can possibly like put in a Google Doc. Yeah, honestly, if I could have made it darker, I would have. Like, <laughs> like this is a deep forest color yeah like, that's this a is... forest green uh but i would like to explain i guess some of some of how i uh arrived at so the three players that i have darkest are profit is like unbelievably dark green and then gesture and animo is like the two other players and i feel like profit and gesture sort of don't need explanation in terms of why they're top in class gesture last episode... year Insert number, insert number, insert number. Please see episode one like... through present for 
or a description of why Prophet is where he is right now. But he's like straight up just an incredible player, oh, and sure. and I feel like I don't need yeah I don't need to go through the whole Prophet monologue. But when it comes to gesture, all the success Prophet has had, gesture has had. All the you know being able to play in different metas and carrying the team, gesture was right there along with Prophet pretty much their entire careers. But the one player that I think is going to get genuine respect finally from these Overwatch League fans that just don't understand the fine art that they're looking at is Onimo. Because Onimo for the past three seasons has just been vibing. He's been vibing, he hasn't died, and he's just been chilling in the support line, letting Jonak take all the praise, do all the wild stuff, right? But this time, Onimo was on a team where his role is entirely different. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's still going to be a safe player, but there's a difference. There's a difference between playing ultra safe because you know Jonak is hyper aggro and you you need that balancing force versus playing safe but also aggressively, which I think we saw during some of those uh, preseason games where. He's a lot more aggressive, and I felt like a lot more people were talking about him, and I genuinely believe that's just because he's not playing next to Jonak. And I think he's, what, top three support in the world? And I believe that because... And I believe that because he knows how to play a role. He knows to do exactly what needs to get done. And this team really needs that type of player because last year, 12-12 and is not a good record. They had very highs, but also some unbelievably bad I, I mean i don't mean to do this again but like soul dynasty is the definition of the like <laughs> that peak of the mountain where they're good they're really good but they're still just average yeah they're the plateau yeah, like, like they're the they're the gatekeepers for being an s-ranked team <laughs> honestly um the amount of times you use in our or outline the word cracked xavier is a uh, one too many, um, but I I do want to bring up the the point about uh what is uh Sam- Samuel B's like purpose on this team because where does he fit in anymore? Like so he's a better tracer than Prophet. Yes, but that's kind of I mean his McCree's pretty good too, but I don't know how much you're going to be playing McCree. I really think Samuel B is here to correct like that 12 and 12 bullshit that like we're talking about where they're inconsistent because Sabiel B is respected by everybody and he's a veteran in this league. And I just think having him on the team really kind of helps not teach them how to win because obviously this team knows how to win, Mm -hmm. but in those moments where I'm sure mid season that they're like maybe getting lazy or just getting down on themselves. I really think Sabiel B can be a, a force to write this ship. And in the moments where he can come in on Tracer and do really well, um, it's just an added benefit. I, I, I don't know, man. I think Sabiel B is like Jake, uh, but yeah. like a little bit more useful in terms of gameplay, where Jake is very clearly kind of just like a coach that will play if like you, you know, he's able to. But Sabiel B seems like also an assistant coach, but is gonna factor is he's gonna factor more into like this team's grander strategy you know yeah i think it's uh i think it's good that we have we talked about like these teams because i do think that these are some of the uh teams that people do forget 
a lot of the time. Well, because again, Soul Dynasty does the Soul Dynasty thing of like looking great and then suddenly just like flopping at the last possible moment. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think I think they have potential. After we hear, you know, their their kind of roster. Yeah, like what they have to run up against. Yeah, I feel like this is the one I won't cop out on. This is this is the one I'll give a number. Philadelphia, Guangzhou, uh, New York. They beat the Valiant. New York, Shanghai, Chengdu, Guangzhou, Chengdu again, Hangzhou, Shanghai again, Guangzhou, Spark. They beat the Valiant, and then they close the season with Shanghai and Philly. Um. So I don't know if they're for sure taking a tournament, uh, like you think with the, with the charge. Um, but I'll say they do better this year than they did last year. I'll give them a solid, like, so the equivalent, well, I mean, so the equivalent of 12 and 12, uh, for this season would be, uh, eight and eight because each team plays 16 games. What would the equivalent of 18 and seven be? Shit. Um, uh, probably like 10 games. Yeah, exactly. Like that's kind of where I'm going. Like I'm thinking slightly better, but not that much better. You know what I mean? Like, cause I feel like they're running up against, like if we're that confident in Guangzhou, right? Mm-hmm. They're running up against Guangzhou a lot. Guangzhou has to win games. Um, They're running up against some pretty bad teams, but they're also running up against some pretty good teams. Um, I'm putting them around there. I think for sure. I don't, I don't see them doing extraordinarily well, but I don't see them doing as bad as they did last season. I mean, I think they're winning the grand finals. So you know, this man. I mean, I mean they have profit. This man. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't know. Ten, eleven win sounds right. I think this team is a lot. I think this team will perform a lot better last season, just because last season they they spent a lot of time like fucking with like Bedosian in and Toby, mm-hmm. and I just think having a more you know like I talk about a lot of depth, but I mean like you're forced to just play creative and Onimo, and I think uh, creative and Onimo is just better than. Bedosian or, or Toby. I think they offer you a lot more. Um, and I don't know. I, I just think they can end up outskilling a lot of a lot of teams. Soul's good. You know that. Yeah, I mean, like, they're a good team. I don't know if they're an excellent they, team. I think they consistently st- like, everybody was all like, Soul Dynasty. They're still struggling from that stigma from first season where they were like, Soul Dynasty, best team in the game, and then ended up not being. I think that's and including myself, like, if I were to reflect on myself, I think that's the same reason why I'm like, eh, they're just, you know, they're they're average, but they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I think I that's my issue. I just, I don't know um, exactly where, where to put them yet. Again, like, I don't know. I'm the type of person to not count your chickens until they hatch. Like, anything can happen, especially with a team this good with, like, this many good players. But, again, just because they're great on paper doesn't mean they'll be great when we actually get into it. Um, Yeah. So that concludes this set of our team previews. Uh, Come back to see three more teams next week. Um, We haven't decided what teams we're doing next, so, hey, comment, and maybe you'll influence our decision. Maybe. Maybe. Only maybe, though. You may be disappointed. Don't, 
Don't be too disappointed. It's okay. I'm sorry. We already did Boston Uprising, though. I'm looking at you. You right there. Boston Uprising fan number 2678910. Yeah, Jimmy. That's, he's colloquially called. Anyways, be kind to one another. The world could always use more heroes. Uh, no means no. Roll outro.